Shut up and sit down. Good morning, Podcast Land. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show, wherever you happen to be listening from. Um, we're coming to you live from London, where it is hot as a motherfucker outside. And that's my little shout out, my ode to Robin Williams and Good Morning Vietnam, because when it's this hot, you just got to kind of scream about it. Um, soak up the rays in a safe dosage and get it while it's here. Cause they're saying we got about a week of this and it's gonna go up to 30 um, or maybe more. So you gotta take it in increments, man, but you gotta enjoy it and get that vitamin D because it's so few and far between on this little island of ours that when the opportunity does come around, Londoners and folks across the UK never miss the opportunity to get their translucent skin out and uh, and enjoy a bit of the, a bit of the beaming hot sun. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a hell of a week. It's uh, it's scorching out there, and God bless working from home, is all I gotta say. Because I went on the subway yesterday, and it is just unbearable. It is ridiculous. Packing in with a couple million people. And you can imagine the funk that you run into down there. Um, but we're back. We're back. Uh, episode 41. We're keeping it rolling. Um, I thought initially that this episode was going to be a preview show to the UFC uh, 226. My mistake. That's next weekend, not this coming weekend. So it'll be on one of... If I get to two shows next week, which I very well may, uh, it will be one of those two shows that we do a UFC preview for because I was just reviewing the card this morning and, I mean, it's it's epic. So I'll bring you guys a full a full smash on that. We'll talk through uh, what I think is going to potentially happen with that and just break down the card a little bit, tell you guys who's fighting, where you can watch it, all that good stuff. So, um, so stay tuned for that, but... You know, today, you know, never, never a slow news day, right? Real news, fake news, whatever. Doesn't matter. There's always shit to talk about. Um, I don't, I didn't know where I was going to start today, but I think I'm going to start with, uh, I think I'm going to start with Terry Crews because he's just testified in front of the Congress or the Senate or whatever about his experience of sexual um, sexual assault. And I'd heard this story before, either on a, a podcast or some, some outlet, um, that he had been grabbed in the balls by an agent uh, who then made like a lewd comment to him or something and Terry Crews' wife was standing right beside him when it happened and if you know who Terry Crews is he's the big black dude from uh, you know a number of different action films but he's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine he's in a, a number of TV commercials he's a very famous guy he's huge he's jacked he's you know he works out all the time um, and it's really funny 
and I don't mean humor is funny. It's really funny in a in the context of sexual assault to hear a man of Terry Crews' stature talking about sexual assault and being a victim of sexual assault. And to that point, it it brings up a couple of questions for me. One, obviously, sexual assault in any shape or form is is terrible. Um, I've experienced it myself in uh, in college, but that's another story for another day. Um, but the thing around Terry Cruz's testifying, uh, his testimony against his own sexual assault was in regards to toxic masculinity. And I, I need to be real careful around that word, uh, how I think about that word, because I've read some definitions of tox toxic masculinity that would effectively do nothing other than to serve as a demasculation. Um, emasculation which one's the right one is it a demasculation or is it because you emasculate somebody right? so it should be emasculation um but basically every male quality in some of these definitions that i've read of toxic masculinity is just what guys are it's just literally the nature of of what a guy is you know a little bit more aggressive, uh, a little bit more physical, uh, you know, strong, like all the positive attributes were just flipped on, on their heads and described as part of to toxic masculinity. Now, when Terry Crews was talking about toxic masculinity, he was talking through the eyes of a child who had an abusive father who used to beat up his mother and I'm sorry but that's not toxic masculinity that's abusiveness so these buzzwords or these buzz phrases I hate them I absolutely hate them because they do nothing to serve as part of the solution they just they're just identifying markers that if if distributed subjectively categorizes everybody, right? So if you can decide what toxic masculinity is and I can decide what toxic masculinity is, are we, we're both right? Because it's subjective in terms of what we feel toxic masculinity is because we don't have any true definition of what toxic masculinity is because if it's what i've read it is you can stick it straight up your fucking ass because all it is is a guy being a guy unless he's more of an effeminate man or you know it's basically your i wouldn't i don't want to say atypical because that's not the right word because i don't think i'm atypical in some respects, I think I am, but I don't think I'm all the way. I'm not maniacal. Like, it seems like all of these things have their own definitions already. We know what maniacal is. We know what sociopathic is. We know what psychopathic is. We know all of these things. These things have definitions to them. But toxic masculinity does not. It's subjective in its definition. 
and therefore can be hurdled at anybody. And I think that's a problem. So what Terry Crews was describing was an abusive father, probably with a substance abuse problem. But that's not gender specific. I know plenty of experiences of what they're calling toxic masculinity displayed in females. So we can't talk about toxic masculinity. We can talk about toxic behavior or abusive behavior or, you know, substance abuse related behavior or assault. We can talk about things that are defined for sure, but to make up these subjective, these subjectively defined phrases that then encompass behavior that would otherwise be put down to another reason, I, I don't think is, 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 is necessarily the right thing to do. Because again, it's subjective. So you can hurl it at anybody. And that's dangerous because when we're in a time and a place where we are now, that we seem to be fighting this war against gender identity, group thinking, like identity politics. Like it's just, it's fucking gross. First of all, there's nowhere near enough emphasis put on the individual and the uniqueness of the individual to be defined as exactly that rather than we're women or men or we're transgender or black or we're Chinese or we're feminists or we're vegans or whatever. I'm trying more and more to reject all this shit because it seems more and more to be irrelevant and only a source of kind of pain and confusion and division so in that respect, I kind of, I'm kind of like rejecting, I'm rejecting these things. So we have to define what we're talking about other than the biology of a gender. Because if you're talking about the biology, biology of a gender, you're just going to loop everybody in that gender into this thing in one way, shape or form, unless they conform to what non-toxic masculinity is. Gentile masculinity is. And again, I've read those definitions and I'm not interested in the slightest about being a wet blanket because that's effectively what it is. No personality. Don't express yourself. Be careful with your words. Just basically shut the fuck up and just be a meek shell of yourself. And don't speak until you're spoken to. And no, I'm just, I'm not interested. So I feel bad that Terry Crews experienced this. But also, he's a big fucking dude who really... So he feared for his career, did he? Because he didn't fear for his life because he said he wanted to hit the guy. But he rejected that because he knew the professional implications it would have. 
But when it comes down to your self-preservation, the protection of your, you know, your sexuality or whatever, do we not stand up for that under any circumstances? Are there not red lines which you cannot cross? And I'm sorry, but I need my fucking nine to five just as much as the next guy. Right? I can't just take a year off without any income. I fucking wish, but I can't. But I'm telling you right now, if my boss came up to me and grabbed my cock and had a sly look on his face, I'd be looking for a new job. 100%. Because nobody violates me in that respect. Or in any respect that I have control of. Because I'm a fucking person. So if you're faced with somebody who is ignorant enough to invade your space and degrade you as a person. I don't know what other red line you need to act accordingly. And I'm not saying you have to pummel this guy's fucking face in the mush. But you could grab that guy. By the wrist. Tweak it. And say, please keep your hands to yourself. And then report him. You could grab him by the lapels of his, of his suit jacket and put him up against the wall and lift him off his feet and say, if you ever touch me again, I will make your fucking face a cherry pie. There's, there's a number of different things that you can do in that situation. But we're... We're, whether truthfully or not, we're led to believe that Hollywood is this insular community that is untouchable at its higher echelon. And I just don't fucking buy it. I just don't buy it. I think there are personality traits that come with people who want to be in the entertainment business that are willing to effectively prostitute them out themselves out to one degree or another and allow certain mis givings to occur by other people to be in a certain lifestyle or to be in a certain public space so they're ready to stretch that line of where you can go and I'm not saying that this justifies the behavior of anybody who's perpetrated another person's space <clears throat> all I'm saying is as an as an individual of Terry Crews' stature, where is his red line? Where is his red line in this situation? And don't get this twisted. I don't agree with 50 Cent, what 50 Cent is doing, just freaking out and, you know, being a fucking asshole. I'm just saying, where's his red line? What would he have done if that same agent had grabbed his wife by the pussy? Would he still have done nothing? I'm just curious and I'm just talking here. But I think there's something to be thought about in terms of the type type of people who want to do performance art and pretend and be in the spotlight and have everybody's attention on them, them, them. I'm just, again, I'm just talking. 
I don't just, I'm not justifying what this fucking asshole did to Terry Crews. He's a scumbag and he deserved to get his fucking face pounded into mush, if you ask me. And at the same time, I understand Terry Crews lives a lifestyle, has a certain brand to uphold and, you know, all the things that come along with fame, stardom and a big fucking paycheck. I get it. I'm just asking. Where is our red line? Where is our red line? And the same thing can be asked about politics in America. Where's our red line? How far are we willing to go down this road before we start the pendulum back the other way and come back to normalcy for some time? Just asking, where's the red line? So I do, I do feel bad for this guy, man. You know, it's terrible. I've, I've had it happen. I was passed out, but again, that's a different story for another show. But apparently off the back of him testifying that this all happened, he's going to lose his role in Expendables 4. And apparently he was told by a guy called Av Avi learner or something like that and he's like a producer or whatever or something i don't fucking know um so i feel real bad about the situation that you know terry had terry cruz had to go through but it also makes me explore this question of a red line you know when is enough enough And let's call it what it is. Just because men happen to be in a position of power in a lot of different industries and in a lot of different companies, and these cases have occurred, things like this have occurred where people in power take advantage of those who don't have it, that's not a new phenomenon. It's not a new phenomenon. But if it was toxic masculinity, it would be a widespread issue throughout the gender. And I think it's being over, I think it's being overcooked a little bit. So we need to be careful how we define things. And in this particular instance, I'm also questioning or wondering about where where one's red line is. When is nothing more than your self-respect it? When is it enough? I don't know. That's what we're doing, right? We're just talking. We're just talking. But I think, you know, fucking sexual, sexual assault is fucking horrible. Sexual assault is horrible. But if anybody grabs my cock in an unwarranted way, we're gonna have a misunderstanding. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. So over to the other side of the pond and I mean, we could talk about Trump, but I'm more interested in talking about this Congresswoman, newly elected, 
in, uh, in, in New York. 28 years old, Latino woman. And uh, she's never held an elected office before, any elected position before. This is like her first time. And she just came at it from a different angle. She came at it from a different angle as a new Democrat and basically trying to ignite the party or at least ignite the voter base in New York. And one of her points was the fact that Democrats basically, they've basically gone to sleep on their voters, just expecting that a Democrat's gonna vote for a Democrat every time out. And I agree with her. I agree with her. I think it's time to get fucking real. You've got a real war on your hands in terms of your uh, identity party politics. Um, but I like the move. I don't know what fucking experience she's got. I haven't really looked into her yet. Um, but from all accounts, the people like her. And that's what that party needs. It needs people in it that the base like and that the fringe of that base like. And I don't mean the extremes and the ultra progressives because fuck them. But, <coughs> you know, Democrats. <coughs> Excuse me. So the really, really interesting thing about this is that she beat a man who I don't even think has had a challenger in like four years or something like that. He was tipped to take over from Nancy Pelosi as the leader of the party. That's who this first timer just beat. But we shouldn't be surprised, right? Because we've got a fucking reality star in the White House, right? And he's threatening everybody and his mother if she was still around. Maybe she is still around. Um, but... She's a fresh face, you know, she looks good. She's photogenic from the from the few pictures that I've seen. And great, see ya, old man. Fucking beat it, you dinosaur, right? Let's get things moving. It's the same in this country. It's the same in the UK. All these fucking dinosaurs, get the fuck out of here. The only one I've heard speak in the last two weeks that said a goddamn word of sense is like, um, oh God, I'm gonna forget her fucking name. Uh, she was talking about our defense budget increase. The UK currently spends 2% of GDP on military upgrades, new products, technology, you know, defense as a whole. Spend 2% of GDP. And I guess the proposal or what's coming in the budget is it's going to be 3% of GDP. And I'm like, yeah, fucking absolutely. The thing about me is I'm very liberal with things, Right but I'm very conservative. Fucking government should be, their number one and their number two things, both about protecting citizens, is military and domestic services, in my opinion, right? Your military has to be strong. Now, I'm not saying just go out and start stripping away cash from other services and things like that, but we need to take care of ourselves. Like the Trident Missile Defense System, non-negotiable we're fucking doing it every time we're going to keep upgrading it for sure we should have the best air force that we possibly can we should have the best navy that we possibly can we should have the best equipped and trained troops that we possibly can not only do these troops do way too too much for us already that our political um our political electees fucking make even more difficult. 
but they're underfunded, they're under-resourced, and they're overworked. You know? So, when somebody says, oh, should you, should you spend 3% of your total income on protecting yourself? I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Of course. It's a fucking no-brainer. And I can't believe I'm forgetting the woman's name. I've just been rambling a little bit. Try to remember her name. I can't remember her fucking name. So apologies to that lady. But I think she's like, ah, fuck it. It's not even worth it. I'll just fuck it up anyways. Um, but she was talking real sense on the matter and talking about, you know, the current growth of the Taliban, which nobody talks about because everybody's focused on ISIS, you know, but the Taliban have been resurging as a, almost like as a grassroots effort. And they're getting community support. That's the problem, right? The caliphate for ISIS didn't last because of obviously foreign attacks and things like that. But they were fucking killing people. They were they were not community-based. They were military-based, right? Al-Qaeda are seen as a resurgent force that are community-based. This lady is sitting there talking about the fact that, you know, the North Africa uh, passage for this, for this growth and the route to Europe via the, the Mediterranean is why we need a comprehensive defense system, air, sea, and land. She's talking about Russia coming in um, uh, via the North Atlantic and potentially disrupting our data network with North America, which basically shuts down all of our data capabilities, all of our internet capabilities, and anything that you do online, forget about it. Right, So she's talking about the reason that we need Trident, the reason that we need a strong uh, Navy, and the reason that we need a strong Air Force, and the fact that Russia have been in this territory more in the last two years than they have been in the entirety of the fucking country, basically. So when you say, oh, should we spend 3% uh, of our GDP on military? Non-negotiable, no-brainer. And anybody that disputes that in my opinion, is a fucking flower child. They're living in a dream world. So, I don't even know how we got on this. Don't even know how we got on this. Oh yeah, the fucking, the young woman that beat the, uh, beat the congressman. Um, yeah, congratulations to her. I don't know how we got onto the Trident Missile and Defense System in the UK, but there you go. Um, but now that we are, actually, uh, now that we are in the UK, there's a couple things I definitely want to talk about um, that relate to sort of, you know, domestic issues and, and, and whatnot. Which one to do first? I think we're going to start, uh, I think we're going to start um, with the new ASBO laws. Because I find these quite hilarious. So there's a thing that's been brought in called a CPN. It's like a customer protection notice or something like that. And effectively, it's supposed to take the place of an ASBO. Problem is, I'm pretty sure that like the courts give you an ASBO, but the councils can give you a CPN. So this got brought up on the news because this couple are having like a planning dispute with their neighbors somewhere in this country. 
and the neighbors have like filed a CPN against these other these other people for staring through their window or no looking through their window so I just had to look into it a little bit and apparently this is like a complaints notice and if you're so you get a warning about this if if so like so if I complain about my neighbor staring through my window I go to my council or whatever and and I say listen My neighbor's staring through my window and I feel threatened by it. And they'll issue them a warning. And if they do it again or continue to do it, then they can be filed. They can have a CPN filed on them, like an ASBO. It's like antisocial behavior, right? But the council can give you that. It's not the courts. So... There are instances where these CPNs have been handed out for like people laughing too loud. Or uh, I think one was given out uh, or a warning was given out because uh, some somebody was feeding their peacocks and their peacocks were getting a bit excited. So it's like it's arbitrary, right? It's like an arbitrary law that they're handing down because the first form of punishment will generally be a fine. Right? It can, in theory, lead to incarceration. But generally, this is a way for councils to levy fines against people. So even though it's like an arbitrary thing that you can do and you can complain to your council about and they, they can then escalate it. If you're given a warning, it's basically saying you cannot conduct that behavior anymore. And if you do, you can be given a CPN, which then we can levy a fine against you for. So these councils who already, you know, suck up cash for services that they barely do are now adding another revenue stream to their line to their line and to their companies in the form of fines. And the rate of increase year on year on these CPNs is like 40 42 or 47% something like that. So the way I see this is it's effectively handing councils uh, like criminal, like criminal prosecution power, basically, which they shouldn't have. Um, and the and this and the way that they can action this new power is because you're because you're a complaining little kind of antisocial, you know the type, right? They don't make eye contact with you. You don't know their fucking name. They don't talk to you when they see you in the street. You know, things like this, right? So now these people can complain about this to the council, which then can lead to a warning of, of CPN um, or CPN warning, which again underlines the fact that you can no longer conduct yourself that way. Now I get it if you're if you're drinking on the street or if you're playing music at two in the morning like an asshole, you know, things like this. If you're dumping garbage outside on the street, you know, if you're untidy as a fucking, you know, part of that community, I get it, right? But walking past another person's house or feeding P 
peacocks. I mean, the absurdity, the absurdity of these, of this is, is absolutely ridiculous. So when you get a warning letter, it will sound like in order to achieve this, right? You should immediately stop a using foul language with, with any person in public resident or to any local business within the area contacting directly or indirectly by any means or associating with visitors to this person's property. I'm giving you this uh, example of the couple that have been issued this warning for walking past this person's house and looking in their window. Entering zone marked red on Annex A, so there's a map below this article um, on the BBC, driving any vehicle in a manner per perceived to be aggressive by any person in the area of da -da 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 -da, East Sussex, making complaints to an agency, organization, business, or charity perceived to be malicious complaints. So you can't complain about these people to anybody. So you can't talk about this to anybody. Causing harassment, alarm, or distress to any person not of the same household as yourself. Encouraging any persons to do any act you are prohibited from mentioned above. So you can't tell your friend to look through their window for you for some reason or another. So <clears throat> a lot of these things are arbitrary. And handing these over to the council instead of the police and the courts like they were in the case of ASBOs allows you as a part of that community to be a tattletale or um, just an, a, a nosy complaining little fuck, basically. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Those people who would just bitch and moan about anything. If you've got a tree that's an inch and a half too tall, you're fucked. If it goes over their fence by, you know, seven millimeters, you're fucked, right? These are, you know, if you're if you're parked too close to uh, to a pole or something, or if you're you know two minutes past your permit time or something like that, you know what I'm talking about. These people who find anything to moan about, you know, like in the U.S. When you, if you haven't seen it, there's a woman that's been given a hashtag called Permit Patty. Okay, and Permit Patty is a scumbag of a woman who thought it necessary to make a stink over a little black girl selling water um, in front of her apartment building. She called the cops or threatened to call the cops because when the person who was taking the video of this disgusting, patty human being, um, she was pretending, yep, she's got no permit. She went up to this little girl and said, do you have a permit for selling that water? A grown woman, and do I have to give you a description of this woman? Probably not. She goes up to this little girl who's doing nothing but trying to, you know, make a couple extra bucks or, you know, get herself, you know, it's probably her parents who have encouraged this as well. So it's like, you know, be self-sufficient, you know, be, you know, be entrepreneurial. But no, this fat fuck walks up to this little girl and says, do you have a permit for selling that water? If not, you got to go. And starts accosting her. So this person starts filming permit patty and she starts arguing and she's like yep she's got no permit yep she's got no permit well she received the fucking backlash online and I don't condone that because it can go you know one way or the other but 
woman's a piece of shit. And in res in regards to the CPM stuff, giving the power over to the councils, this is what you empower people to do. Be complaining little watchdog cunts. That's it, right? People who would have, there's a person that lives across the street from me in a corner house that is old and obviously retired and they stare out their window all day long just to watch what the fuck is going on. Every time I get, you know, a delivery from um, Deliveroo or we get some sushi or whatever, or if I got a friend coming over or whatever it may be, Amazon shows up at the fucking door, you can bet your ass if you look up, you'll see them staring at you. What are they going to do with this? You know, what are they going to do with this? This is a license to go buck wild, in my opinion. And if the council know that they can levy fines against it, what's stopping them from doing it in every instance? It's in their interest, right? Helps their bottom line. They're a business after all. So I'm skeptical. I don't think it's the right move. I don't think it's going to have positive consequences. The fact that the, that the, that the complaints and the fines issued are, or the CPNs issued is up over 40% year on year is not good because they're, again, they're going to be arbitrary things. And I gave you a list of examples earlier. So for me, it's just a way for people who are already in a state of mind where the internet has allowed them to complain about anything anonymously, you know, um, just throw vitriol at people, you know, whether it be racist or whatever. This type of a move just exacerbates that type of behavior. So now they can act it out in real life. And they're emboldened until they're told otherwise. And I think that's a, you know, this is low resolution thinking. People who complain about little girls outside of their apartment block selling water to make a couple of extra bucks for themselves as spending money are low resolution thinkers. They see something as black and white like they saw on Fox News or their ch chosen uh, form of media consumption and they've run with it and they think that's a license to thrill, you know, and a license to go out there and, uh, and blaze a fucking trail of social justice. It's, uh, it's gross and it's low resolution thinking because when we change the dial and we can come into a high resolution state of mind on thinking about issues like this, we know why that girl's doing what she's doing or at the very least, we don't give a fuck and we mind our own business, right? But to pick up the phone and pretend to call the police or to file a notice of complaint to the council because your fucking neighbor is feeding their peacocks or you're having a party on the weekend during the afternoon and you laugh, you're, you're just laughing too loud, I mean, get the fuck out of here. It's a slippery slope and you're giving license to people just to hop on the sled and slide on down. You know, it's, um, it's, it's not a good move in my opinion. And we see it because you've got a president in America, in, in America that is a, is a racist simpleton. And what are we seeing? We're seeing an explosion of videos online where you know, quote unquote, Trump supporters are costing people in the street. 
We've got ICE that are doing random stops and checkpoints. And yes, I know they're within the 100-mile border that's agreed by ICE, but give me a fucking break. They're going on to buses. There was a woman that took a detour through America like 50 miles who was like Australian or something like that. And she got detained in one of those camps for two fucking weeks. You know, it's, um, it's a slippery slope, folks. It's a slippery slope. Um, I just don't think we can justify people like this. And his approval rating's at 51% by some polls and by some accounts. And that's absurd to me. And it's like, okay, do we just stop trying at this point and just like fucking see what happens? Do we stop commentating on it? <laughs> you know, but you can't do that. You got to stay engaged and you have to stay, you know, in the discussion and you have to keep thinking about ways out of it. Um, the other part of the kind of UK news that I wanted to talk about was Prince William going over to the Middle East. Because apparently he's meeting with a bunch of leaders out there. And he was just in Israel and, uh, you know, did that stop, showed appearances, and now he's going to Palestine. And I want to see, I want to see what comes out of that. Because the official position of the UK has always been that, like, Jerusalem, um, is occupied territory, right? Is it East Jerusalem? But they're very careful to side with Israel on all of Israel's stances, which I think, you know, in the long run is a smart move because, well, I think you guys know my thoughts on Israel and, and that region. Um, but I'm very interested in what comes out of today's meeting with Prince William and there's already been a message of cooperation, okay? There's already been a message of cooperation that he's supposed to be delivering um, on this trip. And I just wonder in what stance is he going to promote cooperation? Because you can't talk to Palestine about cooperation until you can get Israel to agree and action real cooperation. It's tanks versus rocks. So the playing field is not, has not, and will not ever be equal. So I'm just very interested in what the UK stance on this is going to be, what message they've told William to deliver because he's not going over there with his own message. He's going over there with a political message that's been given to him by the government and it will be interesting to see what that is. Oh, fuck. I could go on for hours about this subject, but I, I, I'm reticent to get into it. Um, not for anything else other than time. <laughs> um, 
But it's going to be very interesting because if it changes and it's a push more towards Palestine cooperating and giving in to Israel, then, well, we kind of know where we stand. Um, I just think it's, it's troubling how quickly the news is recycled from one subject and one issue or non-issue more likely um, to the next. I mean, we don't hear anything about the investigation of the Las Vegas shooting. That case is just closed. Um, You know... The rise in extreme activity in the UK, like all of a sudden that's just died down. Um, the, the embassy being moved to Jerusalem, the protests that are ongoing in that region, the continued occupation and desettling, de, um, de like the fucking, I don't even know, like the expulsion basically of Palestinians in certain areas of the West Bank and Gaza. The fact that Palestinians are literally throwing stones in protest and being shot by snipers, tanks, and drones. I mean, what will the message be that comes out of the meeting that's supposed to be happening right now? We'll see. I just thought it was interesting to bring up because it's it's a subject that should be on everybody's fucking radar, in my opinion. Um, it's it's a subject that needs a lot more open discussion about. Because the way it's been talked about right now is just completely false. It's completely false. It's completely biased against Palestine. And while ever the conversation is that, there's no chance of a resolution to this because what you're ultimately asking for is the subjugation of the Palestinian people and it's their fucking land. So (coughs) that's the long and the short of it. Um, But, you know, with all that madness, the World Cup's on. Um, England have got the whole country thinking that they are now on the way to victory because they had a 5-1 victory over, was it Tunisia or Morocco or somebody the other day? Um, You know, are they going to win? I don't know. It'd be be awesome because this country would be on fire for a month um, and people would just be buzzing. Uh, But I I, I mean, that's who I support because I'm British. Um, But... I don't really give a fuck. It's uh, it's a good excuse to have a drink and a party and a laugh, um, but that's about it. What I'm more interested in is like the state of FIFA and the nature of how the World Cup comes to be um, located where it's located. And I was I was reading something on how Russia won the bid for this World Cup. And it's really interesting because it's totally corrupt. Um, so it, it like started in 2010, right? And Russia apparently were like not even in the running for it. Apparently it was supposed to go to England. And, 
you know, England is so well placed to host a World Cup because we've got the infrastructure in terms of amenities and hotels and uh, airports and stadiums and fans. And, you know, it's a hub that's a destination to pretty much every other place in the world. Um, it really easy to get to. Uh, and we're just we're just built for it. We're just built for it. So a lot of people apparently were thinking, oh, like this World Cup would be hosted in the UK. Russia were late in terms of submitting their application and their pitch to host and, and all of this stuff. And as it moved on, you know, they 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 threw their hat in the ring and people were just like, nope, it's it's there's no fucking chance. So apparently there's 22 members on the FIFA board and they go down into their headquarters in Zurich and they come up and they've won. Russia have won the bid. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And apparently, based on this investigation I was reading, only two people voted for Britain. But during Britain's uh, tender and pitch for the World Cup, on their payroll was an investigation company in the UK headed up by a guy called Christopher Steele. And Christopher Steele, if that name doesn't ring a bell for you, is the person that um, turned over the Russian dossier on Trump to the FBI. You know, the prostitutes that were supposed to have pissed all over him and stuff in a, in a hotel room. Uh, that's Christopher Steele. And he's been a spy for forever and ever and ever. Um for England and he focuses attention on Russia. So he was following this and there was an active investigation on Russia's pitch for the World Cup and the other countries as well because that's what Britain employed this intelligence company and this investigation company to do. Christopher Steele heads it up. He's got a specialization in, in Russia. So he starts to look into the Russia bid. And what it's fraught with is just corruption in its most blatant level. Um, people being offered Picassos, uh, people being offered oil pipelines uh, in Qatar, uh, people being just given bags of cash. And if you remember the FIFA scandal where a bunch of officials got arrested and put in jail, um, that was because of this. Amongst other things, but that was because of this. And yet it still went ahead is what I really think is hilarious because although the top level were completely corrupt, what's the first thing you see on opening day? The FIFA president sitting with Vladimir Putin, you know, having a good old time with the Saudi king, um, you know, having a, having a fucking riot over there, you know, good old boys club. And it's just like, well, FIFA's, you know, FIFA's the it's like a mafia to itself. <coughs> and what this investigation was saying was just that, um, you know, these guys are untouchable pretty much until they're not because this was such a blatant uh, disregard for the rules and for the law. And, you know, like I said, guys being delivered like real Picassos and, uh, and, and gifts like that, just, you know, worth tens of millions of dollars. Um, 
so they all got brought down, but it's like you wipe one set of flunkies out and the ones below them rise to the top and they've learned all the principles and, uh, you know, foul operational tactics that their superiors uh, enabled and, uh, and engaged with. So what the fuck do you expect the next lot to be? It's, you know, it's... I would guess it's probably on par with not it's not it's not on par with anything because the World Cup's bigger than any other sporting event in the world. But you can see the same sort of corruption in like the NCAA, for instance, or the cricket league or, you know, massive, massive corporations that are just rotten to the core. Um, and I just thought that that was really interesting. It was way interesting than the match that was on last night between I don't know and I don't give a fuck, um, which was like nil-nil or something or 1-1 one, one or some fucking shit. Um, I just thought this investigation thing was really cool because Christopher Steele was the guy that uncovered all of this, and he's also the guy that's handed over this dossier, which was uh, 36... No... I, I won't even quote the number because I, I might be talking about two separate things. Um, but he handed over the dossier to uh, to the FBI about Russia um, and Trump. And he seems to have a pretty good track record. So, um, I mean, that's going to have to bear fruit or go the fuck away at some point, right? That FBI investigation on the Russia thing. But it'd be interesting to see where and when they position the findings and the decision on that. But, um, yeah, that interests me more than the games do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that investigation, that deep level of corruption and how these guys work tirelessly to get sources and things like that, shit's way more interesting than 1-0 uh, than or 3-2 or whatever the fuck. It just is. Um, but... Gives me a reason to talk about it. So, um, fuck else is going on? <laughs> you see Sarah Sanders got kicked out of that Red Hen restaurant. I thought that was so funny. Um, there's a lot of convolution in the uh, news and what's being reported on that. And I'm not saying that I got sources in the place or anything like, uh, anything like that. But I have read multiple accounts of this. Um, and some of what they're reporting seems to be complete dog shit um but if you don't know basically sarah sanders and her family pitched up at a restaurant uh and were asked to leave by the owner that's what the news reports said now what i've heard <coughs> from more reputable sources than just this mainstream garbage is that the owner was informed by the wait staff that she was there and knowing sort of the political leanings of her employees said are you comfortable serving her to which the waiter responded no i'm not and neither were any of the other wait staff so then she was asked to leave which is that business owner's prerogative right now as you can imagine they had a four and a half star rating on yelp before and after the press secretary tweeted from her official account the name, location, uh, pretty much everything about the restaurant, 
the Trump supporters attacked the restaurant via Yelp and went from having something like 451 reviews uh, at a four and a half star rating to having 7,750 reviews the next day um, and the rating had gone down to a two stars or something like that. So it was just like a bot attack or like a troll attack um, on this restaurant. Now I read today that the restaurant owner has resigned and I, I have to verify it, but I really hope it's not true because that would be a travesty because apparently this Jeff Miller guy who is the little bald-headed fuck who looks like the devil on Trump's team, he's his policy advisor, domestic policy advisor, I think, um, you know what I mean, he looks like, he looks like a vampire, he looks like he lives in, he sleeps in a coffin um, and gets about an hour of daylight every six or seven years. Uh, he's just a horrible, horrible human being. Um, apparently he got fucking booed out of a restaurant, a Mexican restaurant as well, or he got fucking protested at a Mexican restaurant. But if you lay down with dogs, what do they say? You get up with fleas? That's this. Now, I don't necessarily condone like yelling like at the guy in public so much like attacking him from that perspective like if you're a diner at a restaurant and you see this guy walk in you start like yelling at him and shit that's a bit fucked up uh but if i don't want to fucking serve you i don't have to serve you and if the if my boss agrees with me then i definitely don't have to serve you because it's a private restaurant it's a private restaurant but if you're a citizen arguing with another citizen in a restaurant and then multiple citizens gang up on that citizen in that restaurant, that needs to be dispersed, in my opinion. Yell at them outside. Don't do it in the restaurant. But if you don't want to serve somebody, don't serve them. And if your boss agrees with you, double don't serve them. And fuck her because she's a fucking liar talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders here. You know, she's done the, the dirty work of this administration for what a year now since uh spicy left um she's lied she's defended him she's stuck up for him on issues that should be core to her heart um having to do with children having to do with women um his derogatory vocabulary towards any number of people or groups um just the tactics in general and his decorum is appalling and to any rational kind of sensible, normal person looking inwards, you, you see that absurdity. You see that narcissism. You see that deception. You see that divisive language that he's constantly purporting. And you stick around. I know you're playing politics. You're playing career. You're playing all of that shit. But there are consequences to your actions. And you got asked to leave either by the staff member of or a business owner of a restaurant. That's private. So, sorry, tough tits. But what you did on, what she did, I should say, talking directly to her for some fucking reason. What she did on her Twitter account was completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. She didn't have to name the location, any of that shit. She didn't have to do that. She chose to do that with the full understanding that supporters of this administration would attack that restaurant. And that is garbage. So um, 
that's the thing. Like the 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 um, the permit patty bitch and the fucking people that are going to respond to these fucking uh, CPM notices and the British councils they're now allowing. They're all the same type of people. Like fucking Sarah Sanders. Like these are all the same type of people. It's just they come in so many different shapes and sizes, right? But not, but not at the same time because you can always spot them. You got to talk to them for two seconds. And you can, you can see these people, man. These people are easy. These are easy marks. But for some reason or another, there's like some momentum there. I can't understand how Trump can have an approval rating higher now than he did last month or the month before. I just don't see it. The people are getting fucked on their tax relief that they thought was going to be an amazing thing. The tariffs that he's imposed on ally countries is fucking that economy already. He thinks that this bubble of a fucking Wall Street growth is because of him, and it's not. It's a recession rebound, and we've talked about trends and economics resurgencies on the show before, but this has got nothing to do with him. There's no long-term goal here. I've told you before. This is a business opportunity for him, and that's why he's going to have a sit-down with Trump or uh, with Putin because all the things he's done, right? I mean, I'm not going to list them. We're over an hour. We just hit an hour. I just wanted to say that I think that what the restaurant did in asking her to leave is sticking up for their employee if I've got my account correct. And if that's what she did, fantastic. I just hope she hasn't resigned. I just hope she hasn't resigned because if you just hang tight, you give it two days and it's gone. That's the cycle of news, man. That's the people's attention to detail and attention span in general. 48 hours and it's gone. Unless the news keeps hammering it at home. And as soon as they've got something else to talk about, which they do as soon as they know no one is interested in that story, they move on. You just got to hold tight. So I hope she hasn't re, uh, resigned. Um, because for all accounts, it didn't seem like she'd done anything wrong. But huh, I don't know the whole fucking story. So who knows? Um, yeah, that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cash out and uh, and say sayonara for this episode. I think it's, uh, it's the evening time. I had a good session with my client today. We had a full day at work. It's been hot. And I just want to knock one of these out before, uh, before supper time. So uh, I'm going to go enjoy the last of the daylight, uh, enjoy the last of the heat, and uh, you guys have a great rest of the week. I'm doubtful on coming back with a, with a second episode this week, so we'll probably call it a day for, uh, for this week, and then I'll be back next week. And like I said, we've got one, maybe two shows next week. Definitely going to preview the UFC event, um, and we'll see whatever other shit has hit the fan uh, since since uh, since now. Um, so have a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed the show. Again, you can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud. Tune in. Uh, follow the Facebook page. Everything is searchable. Quiet part loud. Uh, Twitter as well. We're on there, and we're relatively engaged. Um, slowly building an audience there's you know still tiny tiny numbers but you know we're under no illusions that this is uh, this is a long play so we're going to be back next week you guys have a great weekend wherever it is that you are I hope it's sunny like it is in London um, have a fantastic weekend we'll see you next time uh, this is the quiet part loud my name's Daryl 
And uh, until next time, guys, all the best.